Hey now, wait a second. Something's going down that we've just got to talk about before we get into today's episode. Smoke to Smoke has been able to come a long way since April. I've been able to meet some exciting faces from the community from coast to coast and learn more about some of the faces behind some of my favorite companies, podcasts, and cannabis content creation alike. And now, to show thanks, I decided this is the perfect time of year to give back and I was lucky enough to partner with Caligars to bring a holly jolly giftmas giveaway right to you, the folks that made this all possible. Starting December 7th at 12 a.m. Central Time, you can enter to win all the goodies in the Smoke to Smoke Giftmas box, filled with a Smoke to Smoke podcast shirt or tank top, pot leaf silicone candy molds and cookie cutters, and a variety of Caligar goodies like their Glugar Blunt Glue, Benjamin Cones, Wood Tips, Canagar Kit, and more worth $150 total cash value. All you have to do is follow the instructions on the pin post on the Smoke to Smoke podcast page. That's Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast on Instagram. If you live in the United States, be sure to follow the rules and enter by 4.20 p.m. December 13th for your chance to win. Good luck! Welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I'm going to have to ask you to leave for now. But when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I've got a special, heavy-hitting guest with quite the rap sheet. She's a legacy grower, the patented inventor of crop-top greenhouses, judge at the Emerald Cup, and an educator for the L.A. Equity Mentorship Program at Oaksterdam University, among many other things. Our conversation went many different ways because she was a beacon of canon knowledge. But, if you can, keep up to take notes during my fun, insightful conversation with her about our favorite herb. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I am simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now let's light up and dig in. Hey, Miss Moon, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. So before we get started, I must know how you're doing today and what you're smoking on. I actually just packed a really good bowl of this beautiful cookies that I renamed sandwich cookies so that as not to be the Oreo type and be uh, infringing on other types of people, but some good organic smoke and 
sitting out the last of a snowstorm, uh, working on tons of standard operating procedures and helping people invent things. So it should be an interesting day. Ah, nice. So you said you got a snowstorm going on right now? Yeah, it's just finishing up. The sun just came out, so it's going to start defrosting everything just enough to where we can get back and see the beautiful trees. <laughs> nice. Yeah, here I think they were talking about maybe having a little bit of snow, but I don't think it's anywhere in my part of Arkansas. Oh. It's just the northern half. Oh, goodness. Arkansas, you guys are having such a battle over there. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on over here. Uh, yes, yes. My father's from Arkansas, so I can definitely uh, know that the social impact of everything that you were speaking about is probably a very unique one. <laughs> yes. Now, um, the last time we spoke, I found out that you um, yourself have gotten into a lot that you've been working on and a lot more on the way. So I would love for you to tell the folks at home about it, starting off with your creative projects, such as your patented invention. Oh, thanks. Um, well, as some listeners may know, I've been in cultivation for about 24 years and um, Went to school for horticulture as I was raising my son off grid and taking care of my mom with cancer. And um, after dealing with some, you know, unsavory raids and things like that, I decided to become an inventor and really wanted to empower myself. And so I invented crop tops greenhouses. Um, and crop tops greenhouses was because up where I grow, we have such diverse weather patterns that everything would just get dumped on and broken and the quality of the ganja wasn't, wasn't up to par. So I created an instant pop-up portable greenhouse that protects your plants from storms and also can be used as like a quarantine for organic foggers and different pest management problems or an isolation chamber for doing different uh, research or tissue culture or cloning experiences. So I like to be able to market it, not just to the cannabis industry, but also to just farmers and food growers, uh, ornamental growers of all forms. So it's been a nice bridge for me between mainstream commerce and learning invention over the last um, 12, 14 years, and then applying everything I've learned to the cannabis industry that I've been a part of for so long. So it's been an amazing journey. <laughs> Wow. So you said that crop top greenhouses is kind of like a um, cultivation sort of, um, hold on, the word is slipping my mind. It's kind of like a, um, it's a way, it's a cultivation regulator um, to make sure that like not just uh, cannabis, but basically any type of plant can be uh, properly cared for with the proper temperature regulations. And if you need to um, put pesticides on it or like stuff that will help the plant boost it and make it better, you can do that safely without having to worry about too much in exactly. outside invaders. Okay. Exactly. Well, it starts, it's a parabolic shape and it's built with 9.4 mil polywoven uh, greenhouse plastics, which is professional greenhouse plastics that I've used myself as well as laundry industry uses for one piece can last well over 20 years. So it's very long winded um, conscious invention in that way. And so it starts at ground level to where you just have a dome um, over anything from strawberries, anything you can think of or starts for your cannabis if, or hemp products if you've decided to start early while we still have some frost and chilling hours in, the, in, in those times, it's really advantageous for the plants to root um, correctly and uh, quickly if it doesn't get too cold. And so that allows, you know, permaculture to come in, which is the art of 
actually working with your environment to plant instead of only planting in greenhouses or only planting in gardens. Permaculture allows for a whole design that works symbiosically and so and is permanent into your landscape or structure or or agricultural design. So it makes it so instead of having to drag your plants in and out of the greenhouse or in and out of the house or whatever, you can just put the greenhouse where the plant is. And um, a lot of people also use them for breeding containment. So if you were to work with cannabis or hemp or other types of research and development of, of plants or even fungi, um, it makes it so that when your, poll- your pollination is staying more contained, so you're not cross-pollinating, your neighbor may have a crop of whatever it is that they're growing and it stops from the cross-pollination happening, which definitely helps in some sectors. So it's a really diverse invention that I created and um, I have lots of other inventions on my plate, but I did fund and uh, venture capitalize the entire thing. I did it completely alone and used my own funds. (laughs) So it's kind of a crazy, crazy time for me, but I definitely was blessed to be um, granted a federal patent as well as 21 micro patents and then followed up with uh, federal trademarks that um, accompanied it as an intellectual property portfolio and then just kept on growing and uh, cultivating and learning more about the plant and taking it as far and as wide uh, around the planet that I could, just hoping to help people integrate the concepts of cannabis and, and inventions and innovation into their own like homesteads. And, you know, uh, I think I forgot who famously said it, but necessity is the mother of all invention. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, cannabis is a gateway to the garden. So if we can partner those two concepts, that's what I really got heavily into education and um, started IndicaInnovations.com. And so I began consulting and helping people build uh, businesses around the world, most recently in the Caribbean and um, also uh, Morocco, uh, Thailand, uh, excuse me, Indonesia, and really just loving how there's so much cultural diversity in the reaches of where hemp and cannabis both have played a part and how we can reinvent it to be part of our communities and our commerce. So that's been an amazing, amazing journey. So it sounds like... added as a mentor. I'm sorry, you cut out for a second. Could you repeat yourself? Oh, sorry. Um, Most recently, I was blessed to become a mentor for Oaksterdam University, helping educate people on all aspects aspects of building business and cannabis. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about that. So for the listeners at home that are unfamiliar, Oaksterdam University is the first cannabis college that was founded in November of 2007 by medical cannabis advocate Richard Lee. It's based in Oakland and Cal... My bad, Oakland, California, with the intent of offering quality training and education for those wishing to get involved in the cannabis industry. And I would love to know more about the time you've personally spent as an educator at the um, Cannabis College. So tell us more about it. Well, um, Jeff Jones, and who is the proprietor of the first medical card ID program for the medical marijuana patients out there, and his wife, Dale Skies Jones, who's an extreme powerhouse political leader woman. Um, they continued on to create more of a platform rebuilding Oaksterdam after federal raids. And 
have now actually entered into where we have equity programs that are held by the state. And so the state of California has an equity program for uh, Southern California where equity applicants of all forms are given 100 hours of free mentoring by Oaksterdam University. And so they come to us and we help them enter the space, mentor about what aspects of you know, logicity and certifications, uh, learning how to cultivate if that's their space or build infusions or edibles business or whatever it is. And we have multiple mentors that build a synopsis of curriculum for each person individually, as well as doing that same for the state of Connecticut. And so we're hoping to um, diversify that that portfolio so that Oaksterdam is found in in all the states under the equity application sector so that we can help people bridge the gaps and actually expand their education to where they're really advantageous in the cannabis industry as we build it. And so it's exciting to see what everyone is a part of, and I am excited to be a part of it. So what do you specifically teach there? I am, if you were to look at my bio, Um, I first started as an infusionist in 2000 and then became a professional cultivator and went to school for horticulture. And so I'm able to mentor on all aspects from intellectual property to cultivation to building businesses, as well as being certified in HACCP, IPM, OSHA, uh, Sigma-6, CGMP, I'm about to be certified in um, ISO as well. And so basically taking all the certifications and education and experience that I've had and offering it to that person. So whatever aspect of it's building trademarks, wanting to um, innovate something, create an intellectual portfolio, build a cultivation site, design it, make sure it's um, OSHA related, doing OSHA training programs, HACCP training programs pretty much any of those diversified portfolios each of us have to offer. Oh, so you're like a holistic cannabis business teacher at this um, college. <laughs> um, just a, a completely full spectrum integrative consulting is what we try to provide every aspect um, to the people so that they can actually, you know, get ahead and, and be successful at what they're dreaming of doing. Wow. So do you mostly teach online or on the campus or do you do a mixture of both? Um, Currently, because of COVID, uh, Oaksterdam University has been online, but they're hoping to open up, even though they're doing live courses, um, which are live online, they're hoping to open up in-person courses throughout the nation as soon as possible. Oh, it's kind of like a work in progress, but hopefully soon. Yeah, it's just been, I think, because of COVID and everything, it became very hard to have um, in-person educational platforms. And it really adds to a lot more inclusion for when um, people can take these courses and everything at their own speed at home and and still have the, you know, the access to be involved with a live feed with educators that are on deck. Yeah. So what have you learned about the state of social equity in L.A. and what impact do you hope to achieve by educating folks through your mentorship program? I um, Oh, wow. I worked in Los Angeles um, for a great many years. So this is my second point of distribution in my early 20s after the Bay Area. And so working in the marijuana sector of having dispensaries um, and retail sites, and associating with all aspects of cannabis in Los Angeles, it's been amazing to see like how 
everything's kind of, you know, of course, anybody can say everything's always changed. But now that we have judicial and state aspects on their side, I think it's really awesome that the state can offer those equity applicants um, that have been inadvertently affected by the war on drugs um, extra push, like having that education available to them for free. And I really love like seeing people have dreams and having the balls to invent their dreams like from the grass baits up. So it's really, it, it, it makes me happy to just see through whatever questions people have on any aspects of cannabis innovations or business building that helps them be compliant enough in the future to succeed. Because I think that the symbiosis of all of us as a community and uh, helping each other succeed is actually the energy that's going to propel us to being able to have a solid, you know, federal rescheduling, a solid commerce in community within us. So I'm excited to help everybody in, in, in those spaces, definitely. So how can people join y'all's conversation and work on building change in the social equity programs and having more of a positive impact than what's already going on in L.A.? I think in general, everybody um, really needs to expand their education networks. I think that education in all aspects throughout any of the, the states of the United States and beyond internationally and, and imperative to have educational platforms more readily available to um, the citizens of the world, because those are the key points in understanding and, you know, de-demonizing a plant that has been, you know, critically held hostage for privatized uh, criminal, you know, revenue. Mm -hmm. And so when we can put that power of commerce and back to the earth farming, and yes, you have the power to um, build your own uh, cannabis business or food business or whatever it is, um, you can totally reinvent yourself and have an opportunity to succeed in a nation that's struggling. And so I think just education in all forms is really what's going to bridge these gaps in general. Absolutely. Now, speaking of broadening one's education, you guys have some rooms that Oaksterdam hosts over on Clubhouse that have been very insightful. But first, before you talk about those, can you explain to the folks at home what Clubhouse is? Because I wasn't actually familiar with the platform myself until you introduced me to it. Uh, Yeah, I'm actually only on there to participate with uh, Oaksterdam University. But it is an app that is a public app um, where anybody can download this app and it allows you to be able to have contact with conversations about everything under the sun from uh, um, turning on a light bulb to parenting to hip-hop to country music to um, cannabis and it has allowed us to have a platform where we can openly discuss and have instructors um, from the Oaksterdam University and mentors as well go in and allow the public to be able to just ask questions freely and having open conversations about everything from federal rescheduling to actually teaching the people how to cultivate. If you have questions about home grows, uh, questions about how to create advocacy programs in your area, then just come on to the clubhouse um, rooms that are Oaksterdam University and you're going to have access to Uh, people that you'd never think. We have Ed Rosenthal on there all the time and you can just openly be able to ask questions and it's a blessing. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like um, 
basically like an Instagram live stream, but audio only with cooler folks, you'd say, from the cannabis community? <laughs> it's definitely for educators and people that want to have actual passionate conversations about what they believe in. And that, I think, is a little bit more centered and focused, like I said, on educating instead of just the hype or the business or selling or anything like that. None of us are there to make money. We're there to help the people. That's what I noticed about the platform that was very pleasant is that there's no ads. It's just a way to quickly connect with people, get the information you need. You can quietly leave at any time or you can join the conversation and get to meet new people. Yeah, absolutely. I've met I've met all sorts of people in all sorts of different types of rooms. Definitely. I've popped on your room like a couple different times, but you guys always manage to do them right when I'm in like in the middle of my shift at work. So I can't like just break the phone out and look at it because I'll get in some trouble. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, well, thanks so much for trying to come and hopefully your state will be allowed to participate in these programs soon. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a, a more broad and recreational program. But as of right now, the bill did not go through, which I yeah. could really mostly attribute to the fact. Huh? <laughs> I saw that. I, I was sad for you guys. Yeah, I can mostly attribute that to the fact that compared to the other states, ours didn't have any type of mention of a social equity program, no expungement of records for um, nonviolent drug offenses. So it's kind of like it was missing a lot and expecting us to just kind of be like, okay, yeah, let's do it. So, yes, yes. That's why there's a need for more education and more of advocates like yourself actually looking towards saying, hey, like if we all stand up together, they have to listen. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully you'll get back on the um, bill maybe in a couple. Yeah, next 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 time we do elections, hopefully it'll come back. But as of right now, it's got some work it needs to do and go back to the drawing board, then come back. Absolutely. I mean, and there's so many states that are having that same war too. a lot of old blood, a lot of, um, you know, I don't want to say Republicans, but a lot of people that have lived in an older state of mind that aren't um, as, you know, savvy about how valuable of a commerce or commodity that it will be to the state and how helpful it is to be able to have that access to fight opiate addiction and methamphetamine addiction and alcoholism and mental illness and um, all the different things that attack our communities and how we can definitely change it with, with cannabis. So it's important we keep advocating. So thank you for your part. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we got to continue to broaden our education and um, deflate the stigma against cannabis, especially since you mentioned opiates as well. That's a very, um, very bad problem in our country that we face. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure that a lot of those opiates are Schedule 2, while cannabis is Schedule 1 right now. Exactly. And it's profusely um, understated that we need to reschedule. Um, I do see a lot of campaigning going on for federal legalization, and it's really important to separate the conversation between legalization and rescheduling and what that means. And so there's the facts of what just simply cannabis has done for us. The positivity of, of cannabis being Schedule 1 is that we've gained prohibition. Through prohibition, we gained an amazing force of innovative warrior, warrior-like people that are prohibitionists, that have fought together in all different sectors of the country to create their own communities that has created 
our ca- cannabis community, our society of cannabis people, that's been a very inclusive society until recently where social media and different aspects of technology have allowed us to be a little bit more integrative, such as we are right now, live, uh, live streaming on some sort of um, you know, platform that we never had before and the balls to be able to speak about it when we've been raided and not fear um, retribution when you're speaking about it in a legal state. So this freedom of speech that we keep going. And so through this prohibition, uh, the only reason that we were able to gain a cannabis community is because of prohibition. Otherwise, it would have been raised from the gates as any other glorified addictions such as sugar or alcohol. It would have been long past that as just part of a society that didn't have that sort of community within it. And for it to be in Schedule 1, it made it so the pharmaceutical companies could not do research and development of products nor gain commerce from it. And that's the only reason that we really gained traction to have plant freedom. Otherwise, they would have created these biopharmaceutical companies synthesizing cannabis into a diluted patient form like they have, you know, ibuprofen so long ago. You know, a lot of people don't understand that like birch and willow are responsible for ibuprofen, you know, and, and those trees are found in your yard. And so people don't know this. And so to be able to govern the information of what you're intaking into your body, like what the, people don't even know what echinacea looks like to grow it, but yet they consume it every day. And so we have the freedom right now to use cannabis as a catalyst for educating people on what exactly has been demonized and why. And this is not just like a, a moment of plant freedom, but also a moment where I think society is able to stand up and realize that they've, this has been a pointless demonization for a long, long time. That is, hurt a lot of people and all of us that have been traumatized by the whole journey and like your state will be continue to be traumatized by the journey of prohibition where people are pointlessly criminalized um, for a plant um, when they're able to go home and drink themselves to death um, or shoot up heroin and there's barely any controls it's it's an absolutely asinine structure that we have to just realize that it's kind of a catch 22. So if they were to legalize cannabis uh, right off the gate, what would happen is the people that have all the money, which is the pharmaceutical companies and the MSOs that pretty much govern everything in cannabis commerce um, will instantly come in with far more money than every single cultivator in the United States and take over the entire thing. Um, because of that and having to hold the standards up to CGMP and other medical standards that the common or craft farmer will not be able to, to hit because they do not have the funds or the infrastructure to do so. So when we speak about that, that's legalization. Legalization is a setup to not to basically shut down the cannabis industry as a craft or grassroots um, culture. To reschedule it actually makes it so that they can over longer put us in prison or take our people to federal penitentiary so that they can gain funds through privatized prisons because that's what it's about. It's the funds from having these prisons are privatized and they get funding from the federal government to hold prisons that they gain actual cash money from. It's a business. And so the more criminals that they can keep stockade in there, it, it just for them, the numbers don't work out to make cannabis legal because then they lose all this money from privatized criminalization. So 
it's really a sticky slope of conversation, but really making understanding understand that the rescheduling aspect is really where we want to go with this because it gives craft farmers the legitimate ability to still gain entry. States like your own will still have an opportunity to create a grassroots cannabis community before the federal um, uh, rescheduling act happens. And so it's just, it has to be definitely a conversation I feel is more upfront. The difference between legalization and rescheduling is vast. So sorry about that tangent, but I had to get that one out. <laughs> no, no, you're all good. That was a very insightful tangent because like you said, there are um, the, some test trials coming out already for different pharmaceuticals. Like there's some that I've talked about in a previous episode called Aneb001, which mm-hmm. is supposed to act kind of like CBD and block the effects of THC instead of just having the natural cannabis remedy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And many different synthesized things could have negative effects. And really what we're looking for is the freedom for plant medicine. To be able to grow your medicine at home, whatever herb it is, it should be legal for you to grow your own medicine. Yes. So the term of like, oh, yeah, and that was another thing that was not on the um, um, bill here as well, is that we couldn't home grow. That's terrible. They should never, ever forget to put that on a bill. That's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, so it was those things were legalization and broadening um, decriminalization within a state and across the nation is a very nuanced conversation that you've got to definitely look at the paperwork. All like even though bills are extremely long, you've got to find the highlight key points in there that the basically the meat and potatoes of the information. Absolutely. And you also have to look at how they partner in politics. They are, um, they often do the double billing where they're like, check here and you're legalizing vape rooms as well as gun rights. And they're like, wait, I want my gun rights. So that means vape rooms are legal. All right. Um, and you got to check the box because you believe in one, but don't believe in the other. And that partner billing has to stop. We can't keep passing things like that where it has an undertoning that people don't understand. They're just seeing the bold print. And that is a dangerous aspect of the voting ballots, I believe. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk on social media about going out to the polls and voting, but I feel like there needs to be a lot more information on social media, on the media that you see on TV, Now, kind of explain these bills that people are voting for so that younger voters understand what they're getting into or what they're looking, looking for in a bill. So they're not just blindly voting and same for older voters as well. So they feel more comfortable. Absolutely. And I think getting educators, um, you know, one of the reasons that we have such a powerful presence in cannabis on the West Coast is because there was a lot of the quote unquote hippies, the, the rebels from the Vietnam War that stood strong with the back to earth movement that were ready to still stand and yell and continue to yell in advocacy and build community groups that are, you know, heading way and having the balls to go talk to Senate, having the balls to talk to their local political leaders. And so the more states are really intrinsically getting controlled by their society, the more there's going to be change. But we just have to have more people stand up in your community and work together to build that language and build those political gap barriers so that you're able to create a cannabis community before it's too late. Very, very well put. 
Now, <laughs> now next stop, we got to talk about the Emerald Cup. When did you judge at the Emerald Cup? Um, I have judged several times, and I really enjoy um, their entire platform. It's absolutely so much fun. I've also I judged at the High Times Canvas Cup and the Doja Cup, and I'm looking now at a new one that is the Seed Breeders Cup, where everybody is only, you know, you grow your own and so everybody is kind of against each other so it's interesting i try to say collaboration over competition but they're amazing people nice so how the um categories are are for like the strains there because i've talked to somebody else that's been at a cannabis competition that's judged and they said they were just doing indica sativa and hybrid were y'all any different um the emerald cup is based on terpene profiles and so terpene profiles are actually tested in a laboratory and you're able to see, excuse me, the, the actual profiles of each plant in the flower sectors and how the aroma and the taste and everything be their own personal opinion. And then the numbers are all tallied up, but it's all done completely blind over there. Oh, okay. So they kind of just like base it off terpene profiles, but they don't tell you the strain, who is by. You just got to pick what your favorite is. And after it's all said and done, then you find out who it is. Yes. And also, um, you know, you also see profiles of THC, CBD, if it's uh, regeneratively farmed, organic, and those types of things. But yeah, you you do not know who it's by or what the type is. Um, everything is judged blindly, including the edibles, the infusions, and the topicals. Wow. So what category did you oversee and what was it like? Um, most recently, I did the edibles, which was amazing because I was an infusionist. And in my first um, in my first experiences, they were always, you know, there's always change, of course. And so every time that I have worked, um, I myself won uh, my first competition. It was 2005, the Doja Cup in Southern California. And I submitted my Reese's Peanut Butter Cup um, balls, which are called Bomb Bombs. And I won first prize for potency and uh, efficacy. So I, that was where I really first got the notion was back there in 2005 of what cannabis competitions would become and so the more certified i'd become the more i'm able to look and judge um, a product on their packaging of is it able to be certifiable by um, cgmp standards have they um, associated themselves with organic brands is the packaging sustainable um is the the brand actually something that is um, good for you or is it something that is uh, you know purely a sugar product so there's lots of different standards that um, I myself judge upon and so every judge has their own way of, of looking at things but I definitely am a very uh, skilled and critical <laughs> um, uh, judge of everything that I've ever overseen but uh, it's so, a lot of fun. Okay, so how long have you been judging at these different events? You said you've done a couple of different times. Um, I think that the first time I judged one of the competitions was 2015. 2015? 
And yeah, I'd say 2015. And that was, I think, Emerald Cup and High Times Cannabis Cup both. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, see, that sounds very, very interesting. And those Reese's Cup balls sound delicious. Because, oh. like, I just... <laughs> I'll have to oh, send man. you some. <laughs> oh. Oh, I've done a lot of bacon myself. I haven't made any infused treats, but I've made like cheesecakes. Like I've made a honey lavender cheesecake, um, a Reese's mm. chocolate pie. Um, I've made like a pumpkin cheesecake and I've even made like chocolates a few different times, like almond chocolates. But I've never mm. tried infusing anything because I'm just so worried about messing with the flour and wasting it. Ah, uh, yes. Well. Um, I'll t tell you what, that infusion's all about oils, all about butters and oils. You can do different infusions with some sugars or some flours, but really it doesn't have that the same amount of efficacy when you're, when you're cooking. Um, so we base most of our infusions nowadays. I was the first non-chlorophyll edibles company back in the day, but now nobody works with actual like weed anymore. It's all done with, con you know, extracts um hash hash oils and these types of things and so and of course cbd as well and that's one conversation that we can focus on because you're in a state like all the rest of the states where cbd and cbd infusions and concentrates are legal because federally hemp derived as cbd is legal so even in arkansas you can do this yourself and uh, the butter fats which are animal fats are actually the most easily infused and the most potent efficacy because the actual cells match up. Excuse me. I just got the hiccups. Well, you're all good. <laughs> and so it, it causes um, each of the cells to break to um, allow a full spectrum experience of what we call bioavailability. So in different like edibles and recipes and things like that, you're really looking at how the different chemicals react to each other like you wouldn't be able to it's very hard to infuse citrus into uh, chocolates um, for instance because of the fact that the citric acid at times disturbs or doesn't sit properly with the elements of cocoa and so the same goes for like doing edibles of any forms and so when you're looking at infusions and if you uh, go online and you have your cbd oils or whatever and you want to make your own um, infusions and those infusions can be used in topicals or lotions or edibles. Um, the really easy way that I just wrote an article about this actually for Grow Magazine is um, you can do sun teas. Sun teas are really, really easy to do. And if you have just um, waste matter like from the bottom of a bag or flour or whatever, you can make an herbal tea really easily. Um, by just putting it in a tea bag or a teapot and, you know, putting it in some water. And that works well in the sun if you put it in direct sunlight. And that's a first called passive infusion. And so you'll have water that's infused with cannabis or CBD, depending on what product you have available to you. And you can use that to make popsicles or put it in any recipe you want to have a passive infusion infused into the water. And then you can step it up and have like a coconut oil, which is a very low critical limit oil to infuse. You never want to take it over 100 degrees, never boil it or any of that because it will cause a really bad taste in your mouth. And so when you add your um, concentrate or 
um, hemp oils or CBD oils or anything like that, it infuses in a much more graceful way because of the fatty acids that are normally found in it. And so you just kind of let that simmer on a real low temperature and stir it, stir it lots, and then run everything through a strainer and you'll have infused oils of any type. That works with olive oils, um, you know, like I said, the butter fats, even shortening if you want a harder based um, baking product, you can pretty much infuse any oils. The trick of it to be really good at it is to know where your critical limits are, which are the point of where you may spoil the product or the infusion will become burned or no longer available. And the, the personal biology is, um, you know, are you a diabetic or do you have heart issues or inflammatory issues? Um, those types of things are, you know, obviously dependent on what you're going to be cooking. So you just kind of want it to work in symbiosis. Sometimes um, a good infusion just into spaghetti and stuff. I try to tell people, you know, you can make anything with it. It doesn't have to be a sweet all the time. <laughs> you yeah. can infuse anything. Yeah, that sounds Mystic. good. Maybe like a um, Creole. Uh, yeah, like infused Creole. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Man, I can see it now. Like some infused gumbo or something or. Oh, absolutely. See, ooh, all right, all right. Um, now, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about before um, we move into the next segment that I forgot to cover? Oh, no, I was just um, I think we just went on a little edibles chat there for a second. And <laughs> yeah, I'm having a smoke right now, enjoying the conversation. So whatever you'd like to chat about, let's go. If you're tired of choking while you're token and those harsh hits that make your throat feel like it's on fire, I've got a solution for you. Everybody loves a nice bong, but how about something better? Well, although you may not have heard of it before, I want to put y'all in the know about smoking lamps. A smoking lamp is a device designed with similarities to a bong, but easier to clean with a larger globe. That means more water to filter cleaner smoke and deliver more flavorful, robust hits to your lungs. And did I mention it's more durable too? You can check out the wide collection of smoking lamps at unionsquarelamps.com and use the code SMOKE2SMOKE for 25% off. That's S-M-O-K-E, the number 2, S-M-O-K-E, for 25% off your future purchases. I've got a piece crafted from a Kraken Spice rum bottle that I've been in love with since my first toke. If you want to get in on the action, use the code and check out the site. Enjoy! Hey yo! Before we get back into today's episode, we gotta take a quick smoke break. Since I had a legendarily heavy-hitting guest on today's show... I wanted to talk to y'all about an equally as legendary strain that was actually created accidentally. Let's kick back, relax, and get ready to roll up some golden goat. If you're ready, let's light up and dig in. Golden goat 
is a sativa-dominant hybrid strain that was created in Topeka, Kansas, when a male Hawaiian Romulan happened to pollinate the female plant of Island Sweetscum. The aroma of this flower is immensely dense and complex, and it probably has one of the most uniquely tropical and sweet scent profiles that I've recently come across with a strain. When I take a few whiffs of this bud, I'm immediately welcomed by a sweet, ripe banana scent mixed with hints of a sour citrus. When smoked, consumers typically report that this strain leaves them feeling creative, energized, euphoric, and uplifted. Medical cannabis consumers say this strain is ideal for combating symptoms associated with bipolar disorder, chronic pain, depression, stress, fatigue, headaches, severe migraines, nausea, and PTSD. The dominant terpene in Golden Goat is terpenaline, followed by caryophylline and myrcene. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, so before we finish off today's show, I've got some fun little questions so the listeners at home can get to know even more about you. All righty, let's go. So what's your favorite strain? Oh, I am a goo girl. I have been growing an Afghani goo that is from Nevada County, California, my whole career. So about 19 years, I have always had a goo. It's a really heavy um, indica crossed with sativa, so it's a hybrid, a 60-40, that if it's mutated to high elevations is extremely sweet, extremely, extremely crystally, and you can just stick it to your finger and it's like glue. I love that strain. We have a relationship that goes way back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds good. I haven't had any type of goo strains, I don't think. Ugh, goo is the God's gift, I swear. So you said it tastes very sweet. Does it and smell sweet too? Oh, very, very much so. It's sweet. A lot of the popular right now is gases and a lot of the industry throughout the United States, which are more of the sativas that smell like a diesel or a chemical strain. But goo is smells like the prettiest flower mixed with fruity pebbles that just had a yeah a baby with a bottle of honey like it's so good i can't even tell you <laughs> nice nice well if i ever see that here i'm gonna have to try it out otherwise i might have to do a little bit of traveling maybe a it's road very very rare i am one of the oh. only people i know that have it left and if you can get derivatives of that strain it's pretty rare oh well maybe if i was able to home grow here i'd be able to try it out but no no seeds no nothing Oh, dang. We'll try hemp first and see if you can help change the world. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, well, next, let's see. What's your favorite breakfast food? Oh, you know what? I am. I don't really eat breakfast. I get up and go out to the farm nine times out of 10. I can only grab like a smoothie. So I'm really a person that um, I'm a vegetarian. So I like to grab like something like some fruit or a smoothie and I'm out the door munching on it, holding the hose, uh, checking out my plant as soon as the sun comes up. <laughs> all right. All right. Fair enough. So what are you putting in this smoothie? What type of fruits and vegetables you got? Um, anything I got around, honestly, as long as it's got some sweetness, I would start with that, like apple juice, cram some kiwis and any of the, any of the melons that I got around. And then all of the greens that possibly I can with a little bit of kale. 
some nice green spirulina and like yeah top that off and you got energy for the day ah nice nice now next up what are your three favorite ways to get stoned well um uh, with friends that's always my number one way to get stoned okay, okay. <laughs> Um, I am definitely a doobie girl. I smoke joints and enjoy the good old fashioned hemp paper that has no chemicals and um, yeah, some good organic smoke. Always organic for me. I don't smoke anything unless I know it's organic and grown with love. Normally my own, so I'm kind of a little spoiled now. <laughs> wow, so you're more of a homegrown type of person only? Yeah, and if not, and if I share in with another, um, you know, farmer's goods, then it's always got to be organic and hopefully regeneratively farmed as well. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't tried any homegrown myself. Oh, I know it's probably rare over there, huh? Yeah, but it sounds like it would be, like, I've seen pictures of it. I'm just like, man, like, I've never seen anything like that at the dispensary. Oh, I I bet. Yeah, commercial grade is quite a different shelf than um, craft grade. And so our craft grade is amazing. I mean, just amazing. It's the best throughout the entire world from what I've seen. Ah, well, yeah, maybe I'll just keep looking at pictures for now until I can do a road trip. Yeah, come on out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you like to do after you smoke? everything i paint and i write of course i write for a couple of different magazines i've been working on my book i just finished a kid's book called block of wood that i have one more illustration to go and i'll be ready to go to the publisher with that it's about sustainability and hemp and recycling and uh, done in a mythical like fairy tale way which i've been really enjoying just inventing and innovating and helping people all over the world with my consulting business to just like just bear witness to the amazing innovative era that we're in and just like be part of it as much as I can. And right now I'm embroidering a whole bunch of pot leaves and some mushrooms on a piece of fabric, which will end up getting sewn into something and go mountain biking and riding, whatever I can do to just enjoy life to the max and always, always, always in the garden, no matter what. <laughs> Wow, so yeah, it does sound like you're doing a lot. Usually I like to do some writing or maybe watch a movie or go on a walk. Nice, very cool. Yeah, it's like, um, but you still, it sounds like you're doing a lot more than me. <laughs> <laughs> we're all now, in different places and different spaces. Oh, yes. What album could you listen to on repeat? Ooh, you know what? I go through earworm times. Do you ever have points in time where you get something stuck in your head and you can listen to it over and over again, but then it just fades away and you can listen to another one repetitively for another month? Yes. I am so eclectic with my musical love. Um, I think I would listen to um, Bobby Hustle pretty much repetitively. I love reggae. I love soca. I love the Caribbean vibe and the positive Irie vibes that come from uh, those nations. So anything to do with Soka and reggae, I'll probably listen to over and over again. Oh, so have you been listening to a lot of reggae since you've been young? Oh, yeah. I'm from a definitely <laughs> a free-spirited community that will be blasting Bob Marley as soon as your ears are able to identify it and 
that just brings you into a whole world of different artists and different genres that have that positive vibration to offer the world, which I love. Uh, so it's been a very influential piece on just your positivity and the um, your cannabis influence as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, reggae, Rasta, and Soka have all been like leaders in, you know, how their voice has been very implicatable in the change of how cannabis is seen um, mm-hmm. as a positive, you know, fighting reefer madness with a Bob Marley song and, and one love is, it was a catalyst for great change. And then cannabis was just kind of piggybacked on that vibration that was created by music to be able to be allowed to be, you know, used so openly and is now becoming, you know, more legalized and socially acceptable everywhere. And it definitely rides on, the amount of war and and frustrated torment and corruption that they had to go to go through excuse me in order to find freedom and they found their freedom and their peace through dance through cannabis and through their culture and that kind of like helps spread i think throughout everywhere especially this magical melting pot of the united states that we're always in <laughs> Yeah, so you already kind of answered this, but how long have you been smoking cannabis and what makes you so passionate about it? I started smoking weed when I was about 13 um, every day and I haven't really ever stopped and I consider that I probably should, but at some point it's not about addiction. It's about that I don't want to use pharmaceuticals for injuries that I have and it helps me to remain in a positive and calm space. So I'm present in my work. And I think that I stay passionate because I see the amount of change. Like we're really on the edge of this revolution of mentality and, and thinking in the way to reinvent our community and actually have positive change on being able to have environmentally positive impact, a conscious impact on the minds of people around me and hope that I can learn from all of my experiences. And it just, it drives me to be very passionate about how, you know, that education just is the key to the world. And the more I can educate and bring that to other people, then maybe it, like we'll keep catching fires in a positive way. And then all of a sudden we'll just be on, on fire with knowledge and actually like save the planet and save the people and all work together in a symbiosis way. You have a very passionate, optimistic outlook for the future um, that involves spreading your knowledge. Hell yes. Hell yes. This is a change and cannabis is a catalyst for change. And that is a catalyst for creativity and collaboration and community that will really speed a lot of things towards a positive direction if we can be conscious of it and really openly conversative about it. Nice. Now, what's your favorite holiday in the spirit of holiday season? Oh, wow, that's so hard. Um, I am not Christian, so I don't tend to celebrate too many Christian holidays, to tell you the truth. I celebrate solstice, and often I am celebrating spring solstice because it's an opportunity for us to plant. But as for um, Christian holidays, I do believe that I love Halloween because it is so fun to just see how creative people can be and how like it can be just a blast to see what people come up with and it's a ton of fun 
Yeah, Halloween has always been one of my favorite holidays since I was very little because my mother always made it like a very, like kind of a wonderland experience. She would put up <laughs> cobwebs in the house. She'd have let me decorate with her and it looked pretty terrified. Like we have like our own little mini, mini haunted house. Oh, that's and... so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And it's like, it, man, I miss stuff like that. And I still try to decorate now, even after I've moved out. But I, I don't do like all big and all out like she used to. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, no matter what people do. I've, I, I see all the kids and like the, just the simple joy. I think that our community can still have, and just shutting off for a second and being something that you're not, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love dressing up in costumes. I love making costumes. I used to do that, do that a lot more in the past. Now I just kind of go to the store and buy them. But when I had the time and the resources, I was making them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's me thrift store and always grabbing fabric. Yeah, that was always like just thrifting, seeing what I could find and put together. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. Now, finally, from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home how to find and follow you online? and? If they can buy one of these um, crop top greenhouse tents, where can they buy them? Absolutely. Over there, um, you guys can find me at croptopsgreenhouses.com. And you can put in the promo code uh, Cadabra for a 10% discount. And so I'll do that for your listeners if they're out there. So go to croptopsgreenhouses.com to grab up one of those. You can find me in person at indicainnovations.com or ac at And I am always opening to communicate. Um, simple social media is at ACMoon. And you can pretty much um, find me all over standing up and hollering over here to the West. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Be sure to send me all your links, everything. I will be sure to link all that in the show notes for the listeners that are interested in checking all that out. Thank and you. yes, thank you so much for joining me. So uh, we've had a very delightful conversation that's kind of gone all over the place. And I feel like I've learned a lot. <laughs> I always enjoy engaging. Thanks so much for your time. Of course. And I'll see you around. Absolutely. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. It's Cadaver from Smoke to Smoke again, and I've got something special to share. If you're a regular listener, you're probably familiar with my homies over at Moonwalk. But guess what? Now, I've got a brand new affiliate to bring you that's got a wide range of broad and full-spectrum CBD products. You might be wondering, how wide, Kadabra? Well, I'll tell you. Pinnacle Hemp has CBD bath and body products, capsules, carts, disposable vapes, dabable concentrates, flour, and they've even got CBD pet products safe for your four-legged friends. Is that not enough? Well, when you use my link to check out their site, You'll also be able to look through their catalog of rare cannabinoids as well, like Delta-8, hemp-derived Delta-9, HHC, THCV, and many more of your favorite letters. I know some of you canna connoisseurs are looking for some very special letters in particular though. Specifically, the COAs, all of which you can view on Pinnacle Hemp's website. And don't forget to use the code 
Canna15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's C-A-N-N-A-1-5 at checkout. Hey you! Yeah, you! Do you have a question you want to ask or do you want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmail.com or send the show a voice message on Anchor FM. Please be sure to give the show a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke is finally available on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you stream your favorite shows. That's right, the show is now right alongside with the best of them. And don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my cannabis adventures, and for educational cannabis infographics, you can check out Smoke to Smoke on Instagram at Cannabuzz. That's going to be Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast. The podcast is still currently hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way you can help the show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming it right now so you're the first one to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. And if you've enjoyed the show, please be sure to review it wherever you stream. I'll be sure to link all of AC Moon's information just in case you're interested in checking her out online and on Instagram, along with more information about Oaksterdam. And if you're a grower looking to upgrade your grow with a little bit off on me, be sure to use the code CADABRA at croptopgreenhouses.com. That's C-A-D-A-B-R-A at croptopgreenhouses.com. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly. And I'll see you next Wednesday.